are meant to call from out of the past stories, strange and weird. Tales of mystery and terror by radio's masters of the macabre. Stories of the supernatural, the supernormal, dramatized by fantasy, the mystery, the unknown. We tell you this frankly. So if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these magnetic plays, we urge you calmly seriously to turn off your radio This is The Horror. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me this Saturday. We're going to hear from the Columbia Workshop this time. A CBS series that debuted in July of 1936, aired until April of 1947, produced 370 episodes. Our story today is Remodeled Brownstone. This one aired October 19th, 1942. The Columbia Workshop. Tonight, the Columbia Workshop presents a new radio play by Lucille Fletcher called Remodel Brownstone. Sit down, gentlemen. You're experts in matters of the mind, and I hope you'll understand when I tell you that this house has nothing to do with my wife's terrible condition. This is a brownstone house, gentlemen, and I know that there are people, queer people, who say that New York brownstone houses are haunted. I have one friend who insists he wouldn't live in a brownstone house for a million dollars. My wife Clara used to say that, too. But I convinced her differently. This is a brownstone, I admit. But it's been thoroughly remodeled from top to bottom. It has new floors, new plumbing, a new heating system, an entirely different arrangement of rooms. All it retained of the old Victorian house is the distinction, the charm. And don't you find brownstones charming, gentlemen? I do. I've loved them as a boy, and I shall love them till the day I die. To wander through these quiet New York streets, see them standing there, so gracious, so dignified, to see the sunset turning their facades to a mellow, reddish color, to see the light of some occasional sidewalk maple flickering across their high stoops and old railings, that is what I consider a real treat. Years ago, as a young man, I made up my mind that if I ever became rich, I would own one. And I may say, in all modesty, gentlemen, that that dream has actually come true. Only one thing has spoiled the pleasure of owning it. And that is the unreasonable malady, the strange hysterical delusion of my wife. It darkened these lovely rooms for me until I can no longer enjoy them. It's filled these walls with ghosts. Until now... I dread opening the front door. I dread coming home. Perhaps I should begin from the beginning. That'll be 75 cents, mister. 75? Uh, yep. Please take 85 out of the dollar. Thank you. Well, one twenty-six. Looks as though this is it. Oh, I, I don't think so, Eric. One twenty-six. Isn't that the address the agent gave you? Yes, but... 
It's so old looking. It's positively ancient, Alex. Look at that crumbling stoop from the windows and that little gate leading down into the basement. I'm sure nobody's lived in it for years. Well, we'll see. Here's the Holmes agency man to open her up. Alex, it really isn't what I had in mind at all. Well, well, good afternoon. Good afternoon. You're from the Holmes agency. That's right. Did I keep you waiting? No, no, we just got here. Can we go in now? We certainly can. It'll be quite a place. The whole thing's empty now. Empty as a kettle. There uh, we are. Oh, come on in, dear. It's so dark and musty. I don't suppose there are any rats. Rats? What would rats want with an empty house? It's been empty a long, long time, hasn't it? Uh, seven or eight years, lady. Seven or eight years? Yes, they tell me it's a goodbye for anybody who wants to spend a little money on it and fix it up. That's just what we do want to do. Fix it up, you know. Completely. Remodel it. New floors, new plumbing, new fixtures, paint. You see, dear? Here's the kitchen. Looking out into the garden. Oh, it's horrible. Well, certainly, darling. All these old Victorian kitchens are mighty dismal places. Wait till we get those bars down from the windows, the walls tiled, and a nice new electric stove. Mm, uh, I can almost smell those meals, those big, heavy Victorian dinners. Come on. Come upstairs and see the drawing room. They tell me the marble fireplaces in this house are magnificent. We went all over it that day. It was a barn of a place then. The stairs were dusty. The drawing room was as big as a barracks with a tarnished pier glass at one end. The back parlor was gloomy with faded brown lincruster and stained glass windows. On the third floor, the floors of the big gaunt bedrooms creaked and groaned under our feet. And the old bathrooms were dingy without motored plumbing. But I could see the possibilities. I could see them growing even as we climbed the last flight of stairs to the very top story of the house. An ugly, low-ceiling place divided into many little rooms. Stairs get you down a bit, don't they? Yes. And you're not used to climbing. Otherwise, it's quite a buy for money, don't you think so, dear? Alex, what are all these rooms used for? Uh, these little rooms? Why? Uh, this was the nursery up here, ma'am. You know, uh, where they kept the children. <laughs> the children? You mean they made the children stay up here all by themselves so far away from the rest of the house? Yes, yes. Funny people in the old days. Now, my kids play all over the flat. Poor little things. They cried nobody could hear them. They were up here all alone. Oh, come, dear. Don't get sentimental about it. The nurses were up here with him, you know. Rich mothers never looked after their own children. Anyway, what are you worrying about children's rooms for? That's one problem that won't bother us. No. Floor like this would make an ideal game room. Or a billiard room. One thing I've always wanted to have is a billiard room. We could tear down all these walls and make one grand big room of the whole thing. We could have a ping-pong table, too, and a bar. Oh, no, Alex, not a bar. Why not? What's the matter with a bar all of a sudden? The, the children's rooms, Alex. You couldn't make the little children's rooms into a bar. Nonsense. The children who lived here are dead and gone long ago. You wait and see how it looks when it's done. Modernist. Lots of chrome and indirect lighting and broad loom on the floors. Maybe over there in that part, a big cake heart. Oh, you'll love it yourself when it's done. Oh, Alex, you're really planning things, aren't you? You do like this dreadful house. It's not dreadful, my dear. It looks pretty dreary now, of course, on the surface. But wait till Hodgkin gets busy. You'll never know it was the same place. Even if we're altogether different, I'd, I'd feel it was always like this. I'd be thinking of, of those sad little rooms and the lonely dead children. Oh, Alex, please listen to me. Dust this once. You can't go tampering with a place like this. 
Why, why, it's been like this for 50 years. It's like, like desecrating a person. Oh, no. Clara, take it easy. We won't do anything to the house you don't approve of. You can tell the architect anything you want. In the end, she didn't want to change anything. She didn't make any suggestions. She just let me go ahead and do anything with the house I wanted. That's why I say I don't see how anybody could blame her condition on the house itself. Because, you see, it isn't an old house anymore. Look at this room. This room was once the drawing room and dining room and back parlor. Would you ever believe it? And in a few moments, I'll show you the billiard room on the fourth floor. The beautiful modern room I dreamed about that day. Do you feel queer here? Nobody who's ever come here has ever felt anything but cheerful and modern and 20th century. Nobody has ever felt or heard anything. Except her. Almost 11. Well, it certainly has been a busy day, but worth it, worth every bit of it to be settled at last. Yes. You tired, dear? No. You ought to be. I'm packing all that china and those linens. I don't see why you didn't let Madeline do it for you. Oh, I guess I am tired. Somehow I can't seem to drop off. On a sleeping tablet? No. Somehow I just just seem to keep hearing things. What things? Oh, just things. There it goes again. Did you hear it just now? No, what is it? I've been hearing it for the past half hour. And it's quite plain. Oh, Clara, for yeah. heaven's sake, don't be so nervous. Shh. Come back. It will come back in a couple of seconds. Across the floor. What is there? Hush. There. There it is. Did you hear it then? Nothing. You didn't hear it. Across the floor upstairs. The kind of quick scurrying patter. No. But if anything, it's probably a mouse. No, Alex. It was much too loud for a mouse. All right. Maybe it's a rat then. After all, we've just moved in and you can't expect the place to be perfect. I'll call up the exterminators in the morning. Alex. Alex, wake up. Hmm? Uh, yes, darling, what is it? What's that? Alex, I... I just heard it again. Well, heard what? The, the scurrying sound upstairs on the fourth floor. Oh, the devil am I going to hear this night now. I told you I'd get the exterminators. The exterminators were here this morning. And Alex, it's not a rat, I'm sure of it. I've been listening to it here in the dark. And I've heard it several times, and... Doesn't sound like a rat at all. What else could it be? There's nobody up there. I don't know, but Alex, it's, it's too loud for a rat. It's too distinct. It's more like steps. Footsteps? Like tiny little footsteps. Hurrying and hurrying very fast across the floor. Across the nursery floor, Alex. Oh, it's like the footsteps of a child. A restless little child. Oh, Alex, I can't be fooled. Do you remember that apartment we used to have on Park Avenue just underneath the family that had the little child? Do you remember how we used to hear his footsteps running across the floor? 
across our ceiling all day long until they, they put him to bed? Well, that's the same sound up there now. Now, darling, how could a little child be running around up there when it's dark, when there's nothing up there but a nice, big, modernistic billiard room? You're tired and nervous. You just lie there listening till the creak of a floorboard sounds as loud as a pistol shot. But I hear it. I hear it over and over again, as plain as day. Well, I suppose I'll have to go up there sooner or later and take a look around. Oh, no, no, don't go. Oh, don't worry. I'm not afraid. There's nothing in this world that can bother me. Oh, no, I didn't mean that. I, I meant just to leave him alone. Him? Oh, I know it probably sounds silly, but... Oh, Alex, he's been disturbed enough. He... Oh, just leave him alone. Clara. <laughs> oh, for heaven's sake, what are you talking about? Oh, I don't know. I really don't know. But I have a feeling. Oh, Alex, let's leave this house. Let's get away from here. Leave this house when we've only just moved in? Oh, yes. <laughs> I have it. I know where it's coming from and what's causing it. It's from next door. The house next door. You know how closely these brownstone houses are connected. You know how sound travels at night. Now, couldn't it be possible that the people next door have a little child? Alex, there isn't anybody living next door. house is empty. It has a for sale sign on the window. Oh, well, that's on the Park Avenue side. The house toward Lexington Avenue has curtains up and awnings. Don't you remember? Uh, I can't seem to remember just now. Well, you look out the window in the morning or you might even telephone. Now, if you don't, I'm very tired. Good night. Good night, dear. Hello? Oh, hello. Uh, this is Mrs. Alexander Archer, the lady who lives next door. Yes, Mrs. Archer. We moved in a month or so ago. A-R-C-H-E-R. -E A as in apple, R as in... I beg your pardon, but could you tell me whether you have a little child? I said, do you by any chance have a little child? Is there a child living in... Child, C as in coffin, H as in... <laughs> I began to catch her listening after that. Listening at night, listening at all times of the day. I would come home from the office at dusk to find her sitting in the living room with her knitting in her lap. All the lamps would be lit. The fine old English furniture would look so beautiful and luxurious in the light. But she would be sitting there like someone in a trance. She'd stop in the middle of a meal and start to run out into the hall. Clara, Clara, sit down. Where are you going? What will the servants think? The servants hear it too, Alice, I know. Don't be ridiculous. Madeline's leaving tomorrow. She's given notice. She says it's the stairs that are killing her, but I know. I can see the look on her face. I've seen her listening in the pantry. The pantry? I thought you said you only heard the sounds upstairs. Not anymore. It's everywhere now, Alex. Everywhere, all over the house. Upstairs and down, and not just at night now, either. All day, too. As though he was seeing something, searching for something. Clara, stop talking this nonsense now. Stop it, I say. Oh, sometimes I think he's lost. Everything has been changed around here, so even his little room is gone. And he's frightened. He can't find anything familiar, and so he keeps running and running. Now, be quiet. Clara, I'm going to get to the bottom of this thing once and for all. 
I want you to come upstairs with me now. Oh, you'll never find it, Alex. Never. Because he's not there. I fetched for him myself, and he's not there. Pull yourself together, Clara. I want you to come upstairs with me now. Whatever it is, we're going to hunt for it and root it out now, forever. No. Why? Because it's a ghost, Alex. It's a little frightened ghost. A ghost who used to live here in peace until we came. It's the ghost of a little dead child. And we have destroyed his home. Oh, I told you not to tear down the rooms, Alex. I told you. Now he'll never be at peace, never in all this world. Clara, do you realize what nonsense you're talking? This is a, practically a brand new house. There's scarcely a stone of the old place still standing. That's just it. That's the terrible thing. Alex. Alex, will you do me just one favor? What? Tear down the new billiard room and put back the old walls again. Give him back his little room. What? It's where the bar is now. That's where his room used to be. I know, because he seems to stop there. His footsteps pause, and it's as though he was standing looking for a favorite corner, a place perhaps where his toys were kept. And one night I... I thought I heard him crying. Clara! If he could have his room back, his little room, then perhaps he'd stop searching. He'd lie down and go to sleep again. You mean you actually want me to change everything around up there for this brainstorm, this sound I've never even heard? It's not a whim. It's as real as... Alex, if it were a real child up there, if you knew it was a real child lost and lonely in some way and imprisoned in this house, wouldn't your heart ache? Wouldn't you do anything for that helpless, bewildered little child? Well... He hasn't anyone. He's utterly alone. And he doesn't know what's happened. He's not old enough to understand. He just keeps hunting and hunting for something familiar. Up and down the stairs and across the floors all day and all night long. Until his legs are tired out. Darling. <sighs> come and sit down. You're shaking like a leaf. That's it. Now, close your eyes. I'll get you a glass of water. Then you won't do it. You won't do it. Anything to help me. We'll see, dear. I'll have to think about it. After all, it's a big job. It would cost thousands of dollars. Oh. Meanwhile, I think you really ought to have a talk with Dr. Peabody. I'll call him in the morning. Hello? Oh, yes, Dr. Peabody. This is Mr. Archer. I've been waiting for your call. Yes? Well, that's very good. I'm glad to hear it's nothing serious. She's a nervous type, always has been. Imaginative, high-strung, and she... Yes, I've heard that, too. Well, of course, I never intended a humor in the notion myself. One can't. The house is finished completely. Uh... Yes, that's right. Well, I thought the same thing myself. No, we haven't used the room up there very much. Not yet. Too busy at the office. Well, if you think it would take the curse off, I'd be glad to stay up there as much as I can. Clara? Oh, Clara? Yes, sir? Where are you? Down here in my well, don't sit down there in the dark. Come on up and keep me company in the billiard room. It's nice and cheerful up here, darling. Clara? Clara, are you coming? Yes, darling. 
Isn't this fine? You see, I've got the whole place fixed up for you. What about a chair? A chair? Yeah, sit down. What about that nice bamboo one over there? Like that? I had it sent up this morning, especially from Abernathy's. Goes well with the room, don't you think so? I suppose so. Alex. Oh, well, uh, that reminds me. What about a little good music? Turn on the radio, will you? Like good girl? The radio? Mm-hmm. No, no, Alex. What's the matter? Not in the mood for music tonight? It's, it's too late to play the radio. Well, Clara, it's only nine o'clock. Here. Alex. Alex, I'm asking you just this one favor. Please, please don't turn it on. Nonsense. It'll do you good. Cheer you up a little. There. That's more like it. Alex, please, turn it off. It's, it's too loud. It's not fair to him. Him? I don't know anything about any him. Uh, come on, how about a highball? Oh, I knew it. I knew it would wake him. Oh, turn it off. Turn it off at once. Clara, I forbid you to turn off that radio. Do you hear me? Now, once and for all, you must control yourself. Oh, let me go. He's stirring. He's awake. And when I worked so hard all afternoon to get him to sleep, he's stirring. Oh, turn it off quickly. Alex, can't you hear him? I'll have your heart and stone. Turn it off. Oh, all right. There, it's off. Does that satisfy you now? No. No, he's awake now. There he goes, back and forth, back and forth. Oh, darling, why did you waken? Why didn't you stay asleep? Yes, stay asleep so I I could get some rest. Oh, blessed baby, be still just for a moment. If I, I sing to you, will you be still again? Still as you were this afternoon? So you see, gentlemen, the thing has progressed to a point where it's now utterly beyond my control. And frankly, life has become insupportable to me, gentlemen. I know now that her little delusion has grown into a form of madness. That's why I've called you here. Much as I hate the thought of your taking her away... You must not regard Dr. Kiesler's treatment, Mr. Archer, as anything but beneficial and necessary. Uh, Dr. Kiesler, don't you think that a few months of your treatment will restore to reasonable normality? Definitely, my dear Dr. Peabody. You see, Mr. Archer, is quite simple. Your wife's malady is, in fact, rather common in psychoanalytical literature. She's suffering from what we Freudians call the idée fixe. It has no doubt arisen from some old frustration. 
the desire for a child of her own. Yes. Uh, Dr. Peabody's already explained the medical background. Well, uh, shall we go to a gentleman? Where is she now? Upstairs in the billiard room. She's almost always there now, sitting inside the crib. The... the crib? I sent for one yesterday at her request. She cried and pleaded so. I thought it best to humor her, at least until you began your treatment. Ah. Seemed to quiet her. Before that, I would find her holding out her arms like a cradle or trying to make up a little bed on the floor. Yes, well, that is quite interesting. Uh, let us go to her now, please. All right, gentlemen. This way, please. Open the door. Why'd you not open it? Locked. She must have found the key somewhere. Clara! Do not frighten her. Speak to her quietly. Ask her to come out. Very well. Clara! Clara, dear, I don't want to disturb you or wake up the baby, but there's someone here to see you. Someone who wants to help you and the baby. She doesn't answer. We'll have to break down the door. There's no other key? No. Well, do not do anything drastic yet. The fear of capture may do more harm than good. Speak to her again. What shall I say? I feel like such a fool. Speak to her about the baby. Tell her the, the baby is with you. That you have just heard his footsteps going down the stairs. Tell her that you have seen the baby in the garden a few moments ago. And that it was crying for her. Oh. Clara... Clara, dear, I've said all along that I never heard the footsteps. But, Clara, dear, just now, just a few moments ago, I heard him. I heard him going past me down these stairs. Go on. You can't keep him locked in there, you know, forever, Clara. He's only a child. He's young and active, and he wants the sun and the air. The grass, the trees, and the flowers. He wants to play. He never plays, does he? He never plays with you. Good. Very good. Go on. Why don't you come out now and go out a little, at least into the garden? He's already gone. I heard him go past me a few moments ago, toddling down these stairs. I heard him running down out of the dining room through the French doors. I heard him. She's getting up. Yes. Keep on. She will come out in a second or two. I heard the sound of his laughter beside the garden pool. That's where he should be, Clara. Not in this house, this gloomy house where he's been so lonely and afraid. But out there, out in the sun under the blue sky. She's opening the window to look out. Did you hear that? Yes. It's coming now. It's working out in a few moments. <laughs> What was that? What, Mr. That loud, queer sound. Just now. Like laughter. Like the laughter of a child playing. I heard no sound, Mr. Ar Did you hear sound, Doctor? Uh, no. Now, don't tell me. You must have heard it. It was everywhere. Right next to my elbow, here in this hall and down those stairs. As though the walls and ceiling... I'm sure you, Mr. Art. Well, it does not matter. Uh, please go on. But it was so distinct. It was just as though... Listen... 
You don't suppose that Clara, that anything has happened to... Clara! Shh, please. My dear Mr. Archer, please, please do not frighten her. A few moments now. She doesn't answer me. Clara, answer me! What's the matter with you? Answer me, Clara! Clara! I don't like this. I don't like it at all. Mr. Archer. Give me a hand, one of you. We'll have to break down the door. Clara, answer me. Here, one of you, Dr. Peabody, help me. It's not a strong door. Put your weight against it. Now, don't just stand there. Mr. Archer. Come on, now. Help Help push. Clara. Where is she? She was right here a minute ago. She was right here. I heard her open that window. Dr. Keithler. Mr. Archer, I don't think you'd better look out now. Your wife is in the garden. Columbia Workshop has brought you Remodeled Brownstone, a drama written for radio by Lucille Fletcher. The director was John Dietz. Featured in the cast were Martin Gable as Mr. Archer and Ann Alsner as Mrs. Archer. The current workshop productions are under the supervision of William Spear. With this production, the Columbia Workshop concludes its Monday schedule. The next workshop broadcast will be heard at 10 p.m. Eastern Wartime on Tuesday night, November 10th. Hitler and Hirohito are always listening. An unguarded word from you may sink a ship. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. That's going to do it for the horror for this week. I hope you enjoyed today's show. You can find more from the Columbia Workshop, the horror, and all of the other Relic Radio podcasts at the website, relicradio.com. Lots to listen to there. And if you'd like to help support it all, you can visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. We've got some downloadable sets for certain donation amounts, though any amount is always appreciated and helpful. Thanks to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back tomorrow with Strange Tales and next Saturday with another episode of The Horror.